the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Not uh, not talking over uh, smartphones. I'm talking about sending uh, messages uh, written out with couriers and things of that nature. That is the way they kept the high-tech uh, stuff that we had from picking up what was going down. Yeah, and uh, that was the big question, and, and it gets down to simplistic, right? Yeah, that's what it, basically what it is. They went, they, went, they went prehistoric on us. How's that? Well, and, and and the way that they attacked and killed people, they went prehistoric. Yeah, right? they did, and you know we've talked about it and talked about it, but and it's it's sad that these people had to die in the vicious manner they wow. did. But if if this doesn't if this doesn't wake people up and say, look, you just need to level it, well, just here's, until every one of them are dead. Yeah, well, that's what they did with Gideon's sword right. after Black September that's killed right. the Olympic uh, athletes. They went out and killed every one of them. Yeah. There is no more Black September. Well, you know, I got no problem with evil being dead. No, I don't I don't either. Yeah. Congressman, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Jimmy. Good morning, Dave. Good to be with you. Good to be with you. I'm I'm glad that you're up. I mean, after these few days that we've been talking and and more information coming out on this uh, attack on Israel yesterday I was watching uh C-SPAN, and they were uh, talking about it. They found a village right there along the uh, Gaza border uh, that these, uh, and I will not call them militants. These are terrorists. These terrorists went into the village, and they killed everybody except two 10-month-old babies who had been hidden by their parents, and somehow they didn't scream or cry or anything, and the uh, terrorists didn't find them. The parents were killed. They found 120 babies that they had killed, uh, that these uh, these people had killed, and they had beheaded them. You know, these are people that you got to go in, and, uh, Congressman, and eradicate them. You can't leave them live. you got to go in and eradicate them. And it looks like that's what uh, the, the IDF is going to do that. Well, it's a uh, dark uh, week. That kibitz, uh, kibitz where uh, those babies were killed was visited last year by Speaker McCarthy and uh, House Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman McCall. And you can only imagine how deeply uh, stunned they were to remember the joy that they had seen yeah. uh, and then hear of this horror. And it's really, they are savages in the way they're going about it and they have nothing on isis or al-qaeda in their brutality well they put on on the internet that one uh, looked like a young kid maybe 11 years old that they burned them alive and 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 they put put it on the internet and are proud of it and aoc and the rest of them are over there cheering what what's her name has got the palestinian flag uh, outside her office, it's crazy. Yeah. Are you guys looking well, into censoring her, by the way, or them? 
Well, uh, that's being looked at. I've heard suggestions on what to do about it. So, you know, she's got obviously her her right to free speech. But you remember that Speaker McCarthy removed Omar from the House Foreign Affairs Committee because of her anti-Semitism and aggressive uh, behavior that wasn't representative of the position of the United States or uh, <clears throat> or the House. And so there may be some action taken. We'll we'll see. What what frustrates me about people who are advocating for uh, a two-state solution or, you know, better uh, conditions, particularly over in the West Bank or in the poverty of Gaza, uh, they're ignoring reality. Yeah. They're ignoring reality. Look, Hamas is a terror organization and a political organization that broke away from the West Bank, thumbed their noses as the West Bank, was cut loose from Fatah, Mahmoud Abbas, the government in Ramallah, and abandoned back in 2007 or so. Uh, and they have been nothing but a force of terror uh, in not only Gaza, Israel, but, you know, even against supposedly their, quote, Palestinian brothers and sisters over in the West Bank. Yeah, they've com- uh, they've committed political assassinations and all kinds of things to take over the Gaza Strip. And uh, the people, you know, all I can say is they should have they should have taken up arms against them. Uh, they didn't. And now they're paying the price for dancing with the devil, so to speak. And I'm I'm sorry to, to, for what's happening to a lot of innocents that are in that area. By the way, uh, uh, Congressman Westerman is going to join us today. I think uh, uh, Aaron told you that because I guess you guys got an 8.30 briefing coming up. Is that right? We do. We've got our uh, the State Department, <coughs> DOD, and the Intelligence Services are coming over to do a comprehensive briefing of the entire House, bipartisan briefing on this situation in Israel. Now, let's see if, let's see if the squad shows up. <coughs> Maybe they'll show up with... with with, uh, you know, popcorn or something. I don't know. I have no idea. Good morning, Congressman Westerman. How are you today? Good morning, Dave. Doing great. Good to be with you and with my friend, French Hill, who's just doing such an excellent job up here, respected leader in our conference, that uh, when when he speaks, people listen. But uh, I I caught the tail end of what he was saying about the uh, Hamas and the Palestinians and, uh, you know, a great, commentary on the situation over there but a sad commentary here in dc where we can't even bring a resolution to the floor to condemn hamas and also a sad situation when you've got elected members of congress flying palestinian flags outside their office um it's uh, it's a messed up world we live in it seems yeah i agree you know i, I want people to think about the, the best way i could put this is during world war ii what would you have thought of any congressman who flew the Nazi flag outside their office? I, I don't think that would have lasted very long. I don't think it would have um, lasted very long at all. I agree with you. You know, one point we need to make about the squad and, and those folks in, the, in their behavior in Congress, which is not surprising, but I think we need to make the point that they get reelected. And so... I want to know what's in the minds of those folks that are voting for these people. How could you support, how could you literally support uh, beheading babies 
burning children alive because that's what you're doing. Raping women. Yeah. Right next to the bod- next to the bodies of their dead husbands yeah. that you just killed. So it's just incredible. I'm, I'm well, gonna, I mean, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Bruce. No, go, go ahead, French. Well, I'm just going to say, look, you've got Omar in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, she's of Somali descent. There's a large uh, Somali Muslim population there. Uh, Tlaib represents uh, uh, suburban Detroit, which has a large uh, Palestinian expatriate population there, both Christian and Muslim, I might add. Uh, but, look, this is uh, – uh, the problem is not their religion. The problem is that we have a group of – Uh-oh, guess what? That's all right. Go ahead. Yeah, far, it is Hump Day, though. Far-left far progressives <laughs> that are, are accusing Israel of being an apartheid state, and they ignore uh, the history and the attempted resolutions here. And as I said a minute ago, they also ignore – that the Palestinians have a leader or anyone to negotiate with a two-state solution. And in the meantime, uh, they condone terror in Gaza and worst on the West Bank, and Bruce was there, has been there with Speaker McCarthy, they condone the payment of people who murder Jews. Mm -hmm. So if you're a Palestinian uh, person and you murder a Jew, it's like getting an extra Social Security payment. They deny this is happening, but we know it to be the case, uh, and uh, they don't rectify that. So in both instances, uh, you, people don't recognize the reality of the situation. Yeah. Let me talk about one. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Bruce. Did you have something? Well, I was just going to mention, and also you can't leave out the fact that the number one funding mechanism for terror in the world is Iran. Thank you. And... Um, you know, look at the position where Israel is, you know, tiny country there on the uh, on the Mediterranean. You've got this Gaza Strip, just a small area that's just uh, infested with terrorists. You've got Hezbollah to the north. You've got the turmoil in the West Bank. And then further east, you've got uh, you've got Iran and uh, it's a it's a very serious trying time for them, and I'm glad to see that we're at least sending um, aircraft carriers over there uh, in the area. So, you know, th- this would be a prime time for others to come in and try to uh, team up with Hamas. Well, evidently they had a few rockets come in from Lebanon. That would be Hezbollah probably, and then uh, a couple of. Of a, a few rockets and perhaps some gunfire coming through from Syria as well. But I don't think anybody's asking to get a lick from the IDF right now. I don't think they want that. I think that they'd be stupid if they if they took on Israel right now. I, th- I, I found it very interesting that on Monday they called up their reserves and 100,000 people showed up to get their equipment and, by, and that was at 10 o'clock our time in the morning. And at 2 o'clock our time in the afternoon, there were 300,000 reservists ready to go. Fully subscribed. This has been a, uh, yeah. once again, when Israel's under attack, it brings all sides together, both politically and in the spirit, particularly since it's been a rough, rough year for Netanyahu and the feeble coalition government and the dispute over the future of their high court there. 
but this is no reason to be rallying uh, for a positive reason. This is a uh, the worst attack on Israel since 1973, and more people were killed in the first day than were killed in the 50 days of the Infahada Infa, Infa, Infa in, uh, back in 2014. Uh-huh. So this, this is a, a horrible situation. It definitely is. When we come back, let's pick up the uh, story about the Speaker of the House, Joe, our special guest this half hour, Congressman French Hill from District 2, Congressman Bruce Westerman, District 4. Jimmy, I'll let you start off this segment. We want to talk about the Speaker. Yeah, guys, I've... I was wondering, uh, of course, Jim Jordan, no shock, is one of my favorites, okay? Uh, Between uh, Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan, what are you hearing, what are both of you guys hearing from your constituents here in the state on who they would like to see a speaker in that process? Let's uh, French start. Well, look, I think uh, what I've heard over the last two weeks is disappointment that – we don't have a speaker and how it was taking place and we're weakening the hand of conservatives who want to cut spending and counter the Biden administration. It's kind of hard to do that when you don't have a speaker. Uh, both our candidates are uh, nationally recognized conservative leaders. So uh, I haven't heard, you know, like an enormous groundswell from uh, people with one over the other. I think the point I've heard is it's insane you don't have a speaker, particularly this week at a time of attack of our greatest ally in the Middle East. Bruce? Yeah, very similar. I've got a lot of feedback on what a catastrophe last week was, what a disaster it was. And, um, you know, people are upset that we've got a Republican majority and we allowed Every Democrat, including Omar and Tlaib and AOC, voted with eight Republicans to kick the speaker out. Uh, and then this happens in, in Israel. So I've, I've heard a lot of uh, complaints and disgust about that. Uh, had a few people call in. You know, there was, there was a, this little surge where people were calling in saying Donald Trump for speaker. That kind of went away. And then it's probably been about even on Scalise or Jordan as far as feedback from constituents on that, but it's actually been very little uh, calls about that. I've gotten a lot more calls with people upset about what happened last week than people having a favorite candidate in the, uh, in the race this week. I was reading an article <clears throat> this morning, and it was talking about the rules. And under the current rules, the speaker nominee is chosen by a simple majority vote of the party. But what I read, and tell me if this is correct, that 100 lawmakers had signed on to a letter calling for a threshold to be 217 majority of the House. Can you kind of explain to the folks of the, of the rule and the process that you will go through to pick a speaker? Yeah, I, can, I can take that one. So the current rules are we – have a speaker's race in our Republican conference. We have a conference nominee. That's the person who gets the majority of the votes out of the conference. We go to the floor. The conference nominates that person for speaker, and then everybody in the House votes. Democrats will have somebody they nominate. The proposed rule change is that we not just have a majority of the conference elect the conference nominee, but we go through a series of votes, try to get 217 people, which is what we need to have to elect a speaker right now. Yeah. 
Congressman Hill, you got anything you want to add on that? Well, I think people were humiliated last week by uh, eight Republicans voting with Democrats uh, and people who also didn't. They, they violated the House rules. They violated the House rules. You can't bring a motion to vacate the Speaker without going to the House conference first and having a vote in conference. They failed to do that. Then they vote with Democrats to throw the Speaker out for the first time in American history. Uh, so uh, our caucus, our conference, the Republican conference, a little gun-shy. A little gun shy. And so there's an effort to made. We're not going back down to the House floor till we know for a fact that there are no holdouts on the majority's decision on who the speaker is going to be. Uh, and that's why you see this effort signed by over 100 members to try to get to some threshold approval uh, that we won't embarrass the House Republican Conference and that we will, in fact, be united behind uh, whoever is selected. How are things uh, being handled with the eight Republicans that, that voted with all the Democrats to get rid of uh, Congressman McCarthy? Bruce, you want to start? I mean, I, I, I would <laughs> say there's concern, there's, there's, there's vocal concern. Uh, Mr. McClintock of California will raise a rule change today that says if you vote against rules, if you vote against, uh, if you make a motion to vacate the chair, there'll be a penalty paid. I don't know if that'll pass the conference or not. But, I mean, there is irritation uh, from all corners of the conference. This is not a, like, moderate New York Republican thing versus some R25 West Texas district. This is aggravation on the part of 94% of the conference. And so, Dave, I don't know the ultimate answer, but I think that'll be debated today when we have a rules debate, changing the, not the House rules, Jimmy, but the rules of the Republican conference. Mm -hmm. So, Bruce, yeah, I think go ahead. A, I think eventually something will be done, but you, you go back to the fact that we've got a four-seat majority right now. So uh, some people say kick them out of the conference. You can kick them out of the conference. they still got to vote on the House floor. Uh, so I think the, what I've been saying all along is we need a plan more than we need a person right now. We should be um, coming together around some plan to be able to actually go back on the floor and govern. And I think we should give people the opportunity to join in on that plan. And if, if they can't, um, who knows what the conference will do. But there's a lot of animosity in the conference towards uh, those eight that that voted to take the speaker down. All right, back with you, 735. Larry is on the line with us. Larry, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellsworth Show. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, thank you. Uh, you're going to be disappointed because I totally disagree with him, too. Well, that's not... Thank doesn't disappoint me or make me feel good. What what why well, what did you disagree with? Everything they said. They haven't done they said, Oh, we need to have a plan. Well, why aren't they making a plan? Why are they waiting for somebody else? Why have they been talking for nine months, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. They haven't done anything. That's why those eight, which I will call my buddies did what they did. And we, I don't know who French Hills is getting phone calls from, but when I call him, that ain't what I'm saying. Well, let me ask you, Larry, what would you like to see happen? What, what was, what did they, they win or lose 
when the eight gathered with the the Democrats, basically, and threw the speaker out? For me, it's all saying something and then doing something. Mean what you say and say what you mean, or say what you mean and do what you say you're going to do. That's where I'm all out of sorts about. It's just they have the advantage, and they don't ever, and I mean ever, take advantage of it. Hey, Larry, it's Jimmy. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's Jimmy. Let me ask you a question. What did you, obviously, I can tell from what you're talking about, that you wanted McCarthy gone. Can you kind of, uh, in, in your mind, tell us why you wanted him gone? Where did the speaker fail? Well, if he's doing something, or if our representatives are doing something, we're not hearing about it. And I've said it a hundred times, perception is everything to the public. And if I don't see it or I don't hear it and then I hear them say, we got to do this, well, we ain't doing nothing in my book because I'm not seeing his face. I'm not hearing his voice other than your show. And he's not telling me he's doing anything. Okay. He's just saying we. And, and, and I, I just. Let me ask I'm you just, this. What would you like to what would you like to see out of not just French Hill but your uh, in your district your representative to Congress? What would you like them to see them do in this position? I would like to see them stand up to the Democrats, and when they get threatened, oh, if you shut the if you shut it down, it's going to it's not going to hurt very many people, and it ain't going to be for that long because once you show strength. Everybody else will understand that you're not joking. All right, you understand. You understand that our strength is majority plus four. Correct. Four is four. One is one. Somebody has to do something, whether you're up by four or you're up by one. Somebody. Well, I think that they've they have passed some bills in the in the house. That would not have gotten there if we hadn't had the four. I don't think that you can do anything drastic because it's just not going to happen. You don't have that type of a punch. If you had 34, that would be a different story. I, I get that. But you can't let that not stop you. Look at the eight. They didn't stop. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't. They didn't make any moves that hurt the Democrats. All they did was hamstring the Republicans. They didn't have to make any moves to hurt the Democrats. McCarthy already did it with his ominous bill and all that other stuff he did. The two trillion dollars and all that stuff. I, I just, I, I just don't see. Larry, Larry, let me ask you this: Who would you like to see, Speaker? And what do you think? They would do differently to 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 hurt. Basically, the speaker, whoever it is, is in a situation to hurt catch. You've only got a four vote majority, right. so you've got to please everybody to get something done. So, who would you like to see a speaker, and how do you think that would be different? Either of the two that are are trying to get it now would be at least they talk straight. That's we're just tired of the perception 
of them saying they're going to do something. I know I keep going back to it, but that's where I'm at. Well, I can I can feel Dude, your Jordan frustration. Would be great. You know, uh, I want to see subpoenas. I want to see people in jail, and we've got the votes to do it. So let's do it. Well, I, I hear your frustration. Is it your frustration with French Hill and Bruce Westerman, or is your frustration with Republican Congress overall? All of the above. Okay. <laughs> you're just frustrated no. is what you're saying. Absolutely, because okay. we don't see anything. The common Joe out here, the nine to five guy, we don't we don't see anything happening for the people. And I ain't gonna say just for Arkansas or just for his district or whatever. I'm just saying we see a few people that'll stand up and tell the truth, and we don't see our people doing it. Okay. I don't see French Hill. I don't see anybody else out there from Arkansas on either side, the Senate or the Congress, saying this is what we got to do or this is what we want to do, and then nothing happens. All right, Larry, thank you for calling. We appreciate Thanks, hearing appreciate you. It. Thanks so much for being part of the show today. Uh, 501-823-0965, you want to chime in, here's your opportunity. You know, when I hear folks like Larry call in and talk, I'm really hearing this uh, behind me. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours. For bullshit hay So I can sit out here And waste my life away Drag back home And drown my troubles away It's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Oh it is I mean, that's the bottom yeah. line. Yeah. You, yeah. I know what you're doing. You don't think I do, but we understand what's going on up there with the rich men of Richmond. Yeah, and I think I think you could just sense it with Larry. You could hear the frustration yeah. in his voice. He's just frustrated. Yeah, I and yeah. I understand that. Yeah. I, I really understand that. Uh, I but I also understand, and and this is and there's nothing against Larry, but you got to know how. The rules play in Congress to get things done. And when you only have the majority of four, you don't get much done. Uh, Bottom line is uh, both of them are very outspoken. Both of them are true conservatives, no doubt about that. And uh, both of them voted for McCarthy not to have to vacate the chair. Yeah, that's right. They both voted to keep McCarthy. And when we hear people talking about make donald trump the speaker and you know i would i would not be for that at all but it wouldn't matter if it was donald trump you still have a majority of only four 
And so it's uh, – but I do sense what Larry is saying because that's something we hear all across the state, right? Just the absolute frustration with government, with Congress, uh, United States Congress, United States Senate, with our state government here. People are just frustrated. And you playing that song right behind Larry just hit the nail on the head. I mean, that was the bottom line. That's that's what I heard. Yeah. All right. I heard frustration from him. I understand the frustration, but I also understand the reality. And you and I talked about that all the time. He kept talking about perception. Perception does not move you forward. Doesn't, doesn't change reality. The That's reality correct. is there's a game in place, and, and that current game has to be played by those rules. Now, we may not like the game, and we may not like the rules, but currently that's what we got, so you have to face reality. Well, here's, here's the key. It's, the problem doesn't lie in the state of Arkansas, I don't believe, all right? We're red. Uh, are we super conservative? No, but we're conservative. More than most states, I would say, yeah. And, and that's the point that I was going yeah. to make, all right? But we have four votes in the House, and we have two in the Senate. And there's a whole lot of other states that are just the opposite of what we are, and so they negate everything that we vote for. They, they do. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I think, and they don't see things the way we do at all. No, total contrast. And I think what some people see in the state as far as our legislature and stuff, they get frustrated because we have the overall majority in the House and in the Senate. And so I think people get frustrated in the sense that while we've got this, let's hammer down. Let's get, let's get things done. We know we can get done that we've wanted done for a long time. And I think the frustration comes in why, why, isn't, uh, why isn't all those things getting done when we feel like we couldn't. But here's the key, and I, want, I can't impress this enough. This is why I liked Reagan so much. Mm-hmm. If you're moving forward, which the Republican Party has done with this state oh, towards, towards the, the conservative cause, we have moved forward. Income tax is not gone, but it's on its way to joining the dodo bird, okay? It's going to take a while longer, but it can be done. On top of that, we've, we've moved from, uh, you know, propaganda schools. There's, now we've got, we've got a... a a, a law in the state of Arkansas, the Learns Act, that can help uh, parents move away from that. Uh, we've got one of the most pro-life state, if not the most pro-life state, in the union. We've done a lot of things right. What bothers me is when people uh, see something and then they join up with the left to go after somebody on the right, like you go after the, the governor. I don't get that. I don't get you're not going to convince me at all. She look this podium gate thing. She may have done something wrong. I'm not saying that she, maybe she didn't, but I will say this: it pales in, consp- in, in in as far as I'm concerned when you look at the Learns Act and you look at where we're at with life and all the other things that that we've uh, gotten done. Is Nate Bell? Nate Bell, who has become a hermit, who lives up in on top of a mountain now, is what I understand. Is that right, Nate? Is that what you've done? 
I'm not quite at the top, Dave, but I'm pretty close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nate, Nate told me his driveway's a mile and a half long. Well, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Nate would still be in politics if he liked people. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I like people. I just don't like politicians. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. All right. The reason we've got David on and the reason we've got Nate on is very, very simple. We A couple of weeks ago, we had Nate on. We talked about this amendment we wanted to try to add to the Constitution of uh, Arkansas. Uh, to do that, you got to vote on it. They're hoping to have uh, the, the wording done uh, for this so that in November of 2024, you'll be able to go to the polls and vote on it. With that said, I'm going to turn it over to David first, since he's right here in front of me, Nate. Uh, what's going on, David? Where are we as far as the wording, the verbiage of this goes? Sure. I'm probably in the next, within the next hour or so, uh, we're going to release a draft of the uh, proposed amendment okay. uh, along with a press release. And so, you know, since we're all about open and transparency, we're going to be open and transparent about how this was drafted. We're going to have public meetings. We're going to have input. Uh, we'll consider everybody's comments. Um, and then hopefully by the 1st of November or so, we'll have a final draft in set and uh, send it to the Attorney General to get his ballot title. Okay. You've got to get it through the AG. Nate, uh, you've been out there, I'm sure, working on this tirelessly. I know you well enough that... Once you sink your teeth into something, you like a pit bull. You don't let go. Uh, have you seen what the verbiage looks like and uh, just waiting for it to be dropped now so everybody can see it? Dave, I, I'm extremely proud of the work that the drafting committee has done on this. It's, uh, they have really shown dedication to getting it right, and um, I think everybody in Arkansas that looks at this is, is, is going to be proud uh, whether they like it or not, they're going to be proud that it's been very well drafted. We've had just some great legal minds put a lot of time into this, and, and, and it's a good product. Okay, fantastic. So this is going to come out within the next hour, hour and a half, is it what you're saying? I, I believe, and and uh, we're, we're actually have ongoing conversations right now. It, it could happen while we're on the show. Oh, well, fantastic. <laughs> if it does, then... Well, let one of you read it to us so that we can hear it. Yeah, we could we can talk about any of the topics that you want to talk about. We yeah, well, what's going to be? What do you think is going to be the biggest hurdle besides the AG? I think that is the biggest hurdle. Is once we get the ballot title uh, approved by the AG, you know, there are so many um, people and organizations from both sides of the. I don't want to call it an aisle because we don't want to be politicians. Both sides of the communities of Arkansas, and I think that with the volunteer base. Um, and with, you know, I think we'll be able to raise money if we need to do that as well. You know, Jimmy's been a great help, you know. And anytime I want to Zoom with, you know, Austin Bailey from the Arkansas Times and Jen Morgan and we're all in agreement, it's just crazy. That, that's the great thing is, in and David just hit the nail on the head, this is about the people, not Democrats, not Republicans, not liberals, not conservatives, but the people as a whole. And you've got – you just said when you can get Austin and Jan in the same room together and everybody's laughing and, and, and then you're doing something. You're doing something. So this is truly going to be for the people. I'm going to get Nate and, uh, and David. Let's hear what's in it. Okay. What do we got? Nate, do you want to go first? David, you um, probably can take a stab at it. I'm actually reading back through a draft right, right now. And uh, I'll have some comments, I'm sure, as soon as sure. you're done. 
sort of a, a broad overview of the amendment is that we're going to take uh, the first thing we do is reset the Freedom of Information back to September 1 before the General Assembly changed it. Okay. Um, the second thing that we're going to do is we're going to give the General Assembly uh, the power to open transparency more with a majority vote. Um, but if they're going to restrict um, the people's rights to transparency, they have to do that with a nine-tenths vote of the General Assembly. Um, the same nine-tenths vote if they declare it to be the emergency. And regardless, that um, act doesn't go into effect until it's voted on by the people unless there's an emergency on it. Um, we put um, personal responsibility upon the government employees who um, decide not to uh, uh, provide freedom of information requests openly. If they um, personally um, make the decision not to release something that is clearly releasable, um, they are personally liable for the attorney's fees and the cost uh, that the state incurs. Um, we do um, waive sovereign immunity. Um, you know, that's always been an issue. So uh, with respect to the Freedom of Information Act, uh, there is a waiver for sovereign immunity in there. Um, we have a provision in there that deals with security. Um, you know, we repeal that uh, uh, Security Act within the uh, Act 7, within the text of this amendment. Um, and we do provide for security. There's like a three-month look back. But if there is really a, a true security interest, we give the state the burden to go to circuit court to prove it is legitimately a security interest before we do that. I think all those are great. And, and on the accountability, and one of the big problems with FOIA has been those in government that literally want to hide information and so they don't follow the law. We've talked about it umpteen thousand times on here. And so the accountability goes back to them personally now. Is that correct? Is there a, is there a fine structure here? There's a civil penalty, but you know it's the attorney's fees and costs as well. Mm -hmm. But there is a there's a I think it's a thousand dollar civil penalty. Uh, is that a minimum of thousand uh, dollars? I can't remember. If it's minimum or maximum. We'll look at it and see. Okay. <laughs> but 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 it is a minimum. It's a it is a minimum, right? Okay. And I, I think we have the general assembly the ability to increase that. The other thing that we deal with that and you've been really involved in that one, Jimmy, is is we deal with public meetings and how. Uh, did we, we de define a public meeting? We did define a public meeting. Yeah, we defined a public meeting. Um, you know, it was kind of a balance to do because, you know, I grew up in Newport, and, you know, you, when you have on the school board, it's your neighbor. And, you know, you don't want to, you know, unintentionally uh, keep those people from, like, having lunch together and stuff like that. But it's pretty clear in the definition that if they are there to talk about business, then – that, that it's a public meeting. They have to do that. And then we also prevent what I call polling. Big, uh, yeah, big issue. Yeah. Big issue. I mean, that's something that, that Jimmy and I have talked about, about, you know, friends getting together and having lunch. Uh, you know, they say, well, how do we keep from talking business? And we both have said on the air, you just don't talk business. You just don't do it. Sure. And I think it's pretty, pretty and, simple. And the, a lot of the argument people have had said, well, they can't even go to lunch together, which is not That's true. That's not true. Yeah. And the language you guys are going to put in there is clear on that. And and I make the analogy and uh, made Joey McCutcheon laugh when I said it. I said, look, you know, we're saying two board members can have sex together. They just can't talk about business while they're having sex. That's true. So, That's I, true. Mean, so I mean. That's the way it works. So we're not, we're not limiting 
uh, people to get together. You can go to the ball game. You can go on vacation together. Sure, absolutely. You know, and, and it doesn't prevent you from talking about oh, maybe one of these days we should, like, get a new school playground. You know, what it talks about is, like, if you're – going to vote on get having a school ground you don't be talking about it right now yeah I think don't 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 decide yes well yeah. hey look you got my vote now i think you don't say things like that talking to some people i think the word in there is going to be foreseeable action that is right? exactly foreseeability yes yeah. if it's if it's a something that is foreseeable to be on the agenda and i can't remember the next few months right. or something like that just don't talk about it yeah pretty simple that Very is simple. And uh, I've always said that it boils, and Dave said it too, you know, it just boils down to common sense. Yeah. And, uh, but I also quote Mark Twain right after that when I say <laughs> common sense ain't very common anymore. Boy, well, isn't that the truth? Well, that is really true. Talk more about the, because I don't want people to get the misperception. I, I have yet to meet anybody that's not for the governor having good security. Absolutely. No. So talk about this and how this doesn't inhibit her security, but it still gives us the right to get information when Sure. Like let's, we were talking earlier, just let's say that there's a, a plan that the governor's mansion, that the state police implement if there's ever an attack on the mansion. I don't need to know that. The public didn't know that. That's for her protection. But if she's flying on a plane from Springdale to Rogers, you know, she's gonna, it's a small plane. It's not open to the public. You know, she's going to have security when she gets on the plane. She's going to have security when she gets off the plane. It really doesn't matter who's on the plane. You know, and when we talk about minors, you know, I can't go to get a police report without them redacting a minor's name. So I have no problem about that. So, you know, w- legitimate security interest, we, I agree. I don't, I don't I have a five-year-old. I, I really understand that. But, you know, but if you go somewhere and you the amount of money you spend on a hotel, the amount of money you spend on dinner – you know who goes with you? I think you said if John Bo John Bo Bon Jovi's on the plane, yeah. you should know that. You know yeah, that's true. That's you know, right. yeah, there's no problem with that. Why is that a security risk? And know? and let's be clear, we're not talking specifically about this governor. We're talking about all governors. Correct, and it not only applies to the governor; it applies to all the constitutional officers as well. Isn't it funny how they got put in there? And it's funny how they got put in there. Yeah, <laughs> and we left them in there. So yeah, and, uh, which is fine. But it, when that thing got passed, I got too. Because I said, "You're talking about the governor's security, but you don't want to talk about how you." You got at it. Uh, absolutely, yeah. And so, you know, the, the thing about that security thing that bothers me is that all those people now, I mean, you can – no telling what you can say is security-related and, and not do it. It's that. how it's labeled, right? It you is just, how it's If you put now. that label on there and then it's kind of like the uh, – on the attorney-client privilege, all you got to do is CC an attorney and now all of a sudden yeah. – Absolutely. It's like that. It is. That's true. And uh, speaking of which, the attorney-client uh, issue in for you – that it, this, it is staying as it is. We're not going to get into that, right? That's not minute. mentioned at all in the uh, amendment, yeah. That's great. That's great. You know. All right. So, Nate, how difficult has it been? Has it been, as we refer to it on this air, on the air, as herding cats to get the, the language for this put together? Well, as David said, you know, when you have a coalition of people that's as diverse as um, – Ms. Bailey and Jan Morgan, um, you have, uh, uh, it's her, yes, it's herding cats. It, you know, we have a lot of folks who really don't agree on much of anything except that we should have open and transparent government. Right. And so um, it, it has been a very delicate dance to try to get a draft 
that balances everyone's interests while accomplishing the goals of trying to, you know, make sure that we protect FOIA. And, you know, as I said, I think we've done as good a job as can be done of that. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking forward to public input on the language, but uh, it's it, the, this has been an extremely, I, I won't say difficult, because, because it's been more, I would say challenging is a better word. But, uh, you know, the folks, Jennifer um, Stanford, uh, Jennifer Waymack has done um, a tremendous job really trying to pull all this together. Uh, and uh, I, I just want to really thank her for her work on it. Um, there have been a number of great folks, and you're going to see that when the drafted committee releases their letter today. But she has been central to making sure that this is in the correct format and that it, you know, is is in a way that's clearly understandable and, more importantly, legal, legally defensible. FOIA, we're getting close to having the uh, verbiage ready on this amendment that they want to try to make into the, uh, get into the Arkansas Constitution. To do that, you're going to have to vote on it. You'll have until November of next year to decide how you want to vote on it. Uh, let me start with you again, uh, Nate. And, and that is, how do you think the AG is going to react to this? You know, I, I always try not to de make determinations about how other people will respond, but I will say that I think the AG, while he has taken a, a stance that's generally not for approving ballot titles, He's in a difficult spot here because he, he also knows that the public is very supportive of this concept, and he also knows that, you know, uh, Attorney General Rutledge abused that power regarding ballot titles, and Arkansas Supreme Court took it away from her. And I don't think he wants to put himself in a position where that happens, and I think he will uh, ultimately handle this the correct way. All right. What do you think, David? I, I agree. Um, you know, it, it is a very popular issue. And, you know, conceptually, I, I, I love the fact that the attorney general has the ability to review ballot titles and to research them and to make corrections, you know. And, you know, if, if they did it, you know, the attorney general is the people's lawyer, and these are the people's initiatives, and for them to put their political ideology on and try to not write a ballot title or to change a ballot title for something like that, that's wrong. But the, the process itself is really good and helpful because, you know, at the end of the day, when you go to vote, all you're going to see on the ballot is the actual ballot title itself. The text of the measure doesn't appear on the ballot. So, you know, that's why it's really important to have a, a good ballot title. Well, I can tell you what, I personally have been in that battle before. With me, it was with Pryor. When he was AG, and it was when we were working to try to, we're trying to get the uh, ability for Arkansans to to vote down the food tax, and uh, we went to him six or seven different times, and by the time, and then he rewrote it the way that we could get it on the ballot, and by the time it got on the ballot, you couldn't tell whether you were voting for the food tax or against right. the food tax. Right. <laughs> That's so funny you mentioned that because one of the first initiatives, initiatives that I did in the 90s, I was with Tim Jacobs and Jerry, I can't remember, 
remember his name was at Webster University. And uh, Winston Bryant was the attorney general, and we filed an initiative to take the sales tax off of food. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got it approved, and we, we didn't collect the signatures, but uh, I still had to keep a copy of it in my desk drawer. It was a column that John Brummett wrote um, saying it was going to be horrible if we took the sales tax off of food. And then, you know, a few years later, they co-opted it, and it became their policy. So Yeah, I'll, I'll never forget driving down, uh, I guess that's 630 out here, right? That uh, is over here by the mall. Yeah, six, yeah, yeah. six thirty. Driving down six thirty, going past uh, Arkansas Children's Hospital, and it was saying to vote against the amendment, and uh, they had uh, skull, uh, you know, skulls and and, cr- and crossbones underneath of them on either end of the of the thing. Yeah, and talking about we were going to be a third world nation. Basically and whatnot. It was. It was Nate. You remember that? You were around uh, politically when that was all going on. Are you suggesting I'm irrelevant nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're proving right now you're not irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah we we had some interesting times back there. I. You know. Uh, well, one of the things that has been uh, really interesting is to watch Arkansas continue to thrive our economy grow and you know i long long term i think we're on the right track as a state obviously there are a lot of problems but you know we've we we, we've moved in the right direction substantially over the last 10 12 years yeah it's going to be interesting because i agree with both of you that uh, this is going to put uh, the ag in a tough spot but with that said David, do you think the AG, because he's gotten this group together and everything, do you think that he's wanting to draft up his own uh, amendment and try to get it on the ballot? I, I hadn't thought about that. I know they have the, the that Freedom of Information Working Group, and we have several of those people who are our thing. And, uh, yeah, I think that, that'll die by the wayside. I, I don't think, think that's so. an important yeah. point, yeah. and, and we're, we're not going to say names now because we want to sure. let the committee get their letter out and everything, but I think you're going to be surprised if, Part of this coalition is actually some folks on his working group, <laughs> and, uh, which is which is a big step. It is. So, Jimmy Cavins in the studio. Uh, we're going to call, talk about Tran in the next hour. Is that right? Talk about Tan. 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 Or, yeah, Tan. Tan. <laughs> Tan Howard, North Hart's good to really become a big story. She has just been through the mill. Okay. Well, we want to talk about that, bring everybody up to date on it. David Couch is here, as is uh, Nate uh, Bell. He's on the phone with us. I'm here as usual, and I, I'm to be honest. Everybody knows where I stand on this. I, I want to get it on the, the ballot and let everybody uh, vote on it because they put in the one thing that I think has always been missing, and that's teeth. Teeth. There's got if, if you don't have teeth in a bill, why pass the bill? Uh, teeth in an open in a open meeting definition. Yeah, those which two David things. David is an attorney. Will tell you yeah. for decades we've needed that, right? Absolutely. You know, and the Supreme Court has tried to find well, out. They threw, why. Yeah. they threw the gauntlet down and said, "Hey, tell us what an op- yeah. what, what right. this meeting is." Yeah. And, uh, and the, the legislation doesn't do want to. Yeah. yeah, you know, they they don't want to. Nate, what do you think about the legislature? I mean, how do you think they're going to react to this? And are you guys going to go in and and personally ask each legislator to uh, say how they feel about it? Dave, that's, uh, there, there are two parts to that, and I'll address each of them separately. First of all, I think as someone who served in the legislature, 
taking this issue off the table and making it where legislators aren't forced to constantly be readdressing it is something that really they should be for. Um, it does allow, we do allow for the legislature to increase transparency, but, you know, we, we make it so that, you know, people can't come along like the governor and ask them to roll it back. And so um, it, it makes it where legislators aren't faced those, with those difficult political decisions like they were during the special session where, you know, they know that they have filing deadline coming up and uh, all the other things and that they could draw a potential opponent by voting for something that's, you know, politically uh, untenable, but at the same time, then they're having pressure from the governor. So it makes it, it makes it where they have fewer decisions to uh, have to make that are politically tough. Um, so they should be for that. But as far as putting the legislators on the record, I'll, I want to make it really clear that we intend to have volunteers at the Capitol during filing period, and everyone who files for office in this cycle will be asked to take a position for or against this measure. We'll have the final language at that point, and we intend to make sure that when they go through the line to file their candidacy, that they have an opportunity to take a position, and we'll record them as yes, no, or refuse to answer. Well, that'd be interesting because I always come over on filing day, so we'll give yeah. the opportunity for people to stop by and say on the air if they're for or against. Yeah. And, uh, hey, I've got a question for all three of you, and I really want to start with Dave because Dave's been in tune with this for decades. First off, I want to make sure that I'm part of this coalition, and, and nobody's looking for a fight with the governor or the attorney no. general on this. This is for the people. But how how big could this be for both of them because obviously the ag mainly has really come out uh trying to change for you and put exemptions in that the people clearly didn't want and the governor w- was supporting it so how big can this be for them to get on board with this amendment for the people let me just ask you to to remember what politicians do uh when they say well we won't vote on it We'll put it on the ballot and let the people vote mm-hmm. on it. That's their way of taking the heat off themselves. Yeah. That's exactly what they're doing. Um, that's what you guys are going to do for the attorney general and the governor right now. So and, you, and for and for you know how like House Member David Ray and Mary yeah. Bentley as well. It, it takes all the heat off of them and lets the people rule the way it's supposed to be. So would it be a mistake for them to go against this? I would think it would be, yeah. especially if you're finding they're going out and the signatures are going like crazy to get it on the ballot. That tells you the people have pretty much made up their mind, and you don't want to go against the people on something like this, yeah. especially yeah. especially if you're a Republican and it was the Republicans that brought it into fruition yeah. at the fir- in the first place. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I agree. It's It's an out for anybody that has some sort of heartburn because you know as we talked about earlier the 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 group i don't the coalition that's gotten together on this represents the entire state of arkansas i'll be surprised if this thing doesn't hit 75 or 80 percent on the ballot and and i wouldn't want to be a politician um first i wouldn't want to be a politician but i wouldn't want to be a politician that was against something that was that popular with and and so you know you've got a great way to say look you know this is something the people are doing this is direct democracy. Um, I respect it. Yeah. Well, what, what do you think, Nate? I, I think that 
you know, there are a few people who are going to be opposed to this, but whether or not they choose to publicly oppose it is, is a completely different bucket. Yeah. They're going to sit back and try various legal maneuvers to prevent us from being able to get it where the people have the opportunity to vote on it. They'll do, they'll do things like that, but what they're going to be watching, more, in my opinion, more than anything else is what number of signatures are we turning in? You know, If we do this with a volunteer effort and we come in with a whole lot of signatures, I think there will be a, a very small, if any, formal effort to oppose it at that point they're gonna i think they're gonna sit sit around and wait to see which way the wind blows now there might be a few companies that put up money for some group to fight this and put ads on radio and television and digital and things of that nature uh, because they have the most to lose on this if it goes through Uh, but i don't believe politically it's a winning situation uh, for people who would try to stand against it. I, I, I personally think this would be like if you, if you said uh, we're going to take you know, Medicare away from all the seniors. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And the good thing about the direct democracy process is it is way more open and transparent than elections <clears throat> because anybody that gives any money to support this campaign – or against the campaign, we're going to know who it has is. to be on record. That's it's right. with the ethics commission. That's right. You know, there's no hiding, no hiding in support on this thing. I think <laughs> what we're going to see is people are going to be shocked at just how much money comes in in support of the amendment, and I think yeah. you're going to be shocked to see that it's from organizations that, just like this coalition, would normally not get along very well. Yeah. I, I agree. You I know. agree. You know. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think David was spot on when he said that uh, this this will be in the seventy five to eighty percent range uh, on election day. If, if we if we ballot qualify, which we intend to do, uh, this is going to have the overwhelming support of Arkansans, and frankly, we'll probably pass by one of the largest margins any constitutional amendments ever passed. Yeah, and with that said, there's still education to be done. Oh, I yeah. mean, Absolutely. you say FOIA, people, some people. Their eyes glaze over. They don't have a clue about what you're talking about. Uh, they're going to have to understand what FOIA is all about. Every Arkansan should know when they go to the to the polls that FOIA is all about transparency and about you knowing what your government is doing. Yeah, knowing what you your tax dollars are spent on. That's to right. me, that's it. Absolutely. It's like, you know, I give my son an allowance, and I'm like, where'd you spend your money? I want to know. David, you, you and Nate both were at the special session, and you both were at the regular session yes. before. And when we talk about folks, the general public, knowing about for you and what it's about, what rise have y'all seen in the people wanting to know about for you and their interest in for you? What kind of what has this done to rise people's attention to it? You know, even the freedom of information, I think it's done more because you know one thing that i don't know how we could ever do in this is the general assembly you know they they have meetings and they have and they're called at the last second and you don't know what's going to be in there you have no idea what they're going to do i wish there was some way that we could uh, to apply public meetings to the meetings yes. of the general assembly yes. uh because that's when a lot of stuff goes on that, that you really need to know about so i think that the frustration that people felt with the process um in the regular session and in the special session, you know, I know that that from the progressive side or the 
whatever, the, the Learns Act, you know, you, you just drop this big bill in here and people didn't get to talk about it, they didn't have to meet about it, whether you support it or not, you know, to me, you, you should always listen to the public and get their input. Yeah. And, and to shut somebody out just because you disagree with them is just wrong. Nate, what do you think about the people, the sudden urge to get in tune with FOIA? And it's really grown, hasn't it? You know, people are aware of it more right now. You know, clearly, while the governor is not the reason that we're doing what we're doing, the whole podium gate, lecture gate thing has increased people's awareness of FOIA over the last few weeks here in the state. And I think people understand that you can't really have government of by and for the people if the people don't know what government's doing it's just it's just that simple and you know over the coming months that's what i intend to say to the point that people get tired of hearing me say it we can't we, <laughs> if, 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 if the people rule the people have to know what what the business that they're transacting is and they have to know how it's being transacted and they have to know and be able to participate in that decision-making process. And if that's all secret, it just simply can't happen. And at that point, you don't have government of and by the people. You have oligarchy. To, to that point, um, going forward, I know you've talked about it, David's talked about it, about getting out to the people and having public meetings on this. Y'all talk about that a little bit and what you want to accomplish there. Well, I well, think – yeah, go ahead, Nate. Well, what I was going to say is that, that <laughs> you're hard on the fault in the mountain, boy. <laughs> well, I, I think is, you know, this is about openness and transparency. This whole amendment is. And so we want the process to be open and transparent. So, you know, public meetings, you know, public comments, I think, are important because, you know, there could be things that we've missed. There could be things that we didn't think about. And like I said, always good debate always makes a better product. All right, got to get a break in, guy. Final, uh, final break. Nate, do you think in the next uh, seven or eight minutes you'll have the uh, the the verbiage for us, and we can read it on the air? We're waiting on a couple people to sign off. I, I, if they if they get their sign offs done, I think we'll have it. All right, fantastic, okay. David. We, uh, amendment language done, yes, sir. and uh, we're going to let him read it to you on the air. This is the language for the. Uh, the the amendment they hope to let you vote on next and, November. And this is breaking. This just went out, so we're That's, getting it quicker than anybody. It is so hot it's burning your skin. <laughs> yes. I, I don't think you want me to read the whole thing because it's six pages long. Okay. But to, to give you the, high, I, the the first part paragraph of it is, is really kind of sets the tone for the entire um, amendment. It, it says that uh, it is vital in a democratic society that public business be performed in an open public manner so that the electors shall be advised in the performance of public officials and the decisions that are reached in public activity and making public policy. So that's the that's the overriding principle that's in, involved. And so if any of these uh, things are ever challenged in court or if any actions are ever challenged in court, the court will see what the intent behind this amendment was is to, for it to be as open and transparent as, as possible. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the next section does that we just reset the Freedom of Information Act back to uh, as it was before September of 2023. Uh, before the special session. Before the special session. We specifically uh, repealed Act uh, 7, and we specifically repealed um, 
I can't. I just don't see it in here right now. There was another. Oh, Act 883, Section 3 of 883. I think it was a act that. Um, and I, Nate was gone. Well, uh, they, they did some Freedom of Information stuff and tagged it on to a bill that nobody knew about it, and it became that was a very, in Title Six. Yeah, yeah, and that's Ken yeah. Hammer bill. Actually. That's it. Yeah. yeah. So Jimmy knows exactly oh, what yeah. it is. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So we repealed that yeah. specifically that's uh, a good thing. In, in the amendment. Um, uh, we did set up where the General Assembly can, um, if they want to be more open and transparent with a m- majority vote. Um, if they're going to restrict transparency, it takes a nine-tenth vote to do it, nine-tenths to declare an emergency. Um, and then it's actually referred to the people to vote on to up and down on it, like we do for the Constitution. So yes, if sir. the legislature wants to exempt something, yes. they, they can do it with a nine-tenths vote. Nine-tenths vote. And if they do that, then it goes to the next general election yes. for the people to vote on. To approve it, yes. Yeah. And, and so it has a provision with the emergency clause. Let's say it's not really an emergency. You know, they just want to do this. Um, then it will not go into effect. If it, if it has an emergency clause on it, then it goes into effect until it's voted on. You know? Now, the great thing about emergency clause, though, is say that just for people that don't trust government sure. like me, okay, say that they wanted to change something – they say, okay, but we're going to deem an emergency so it can go into effect right away, then that can be, just so the folks understand, can that be challenged in court? Sure. You know, there are some, the last General Assembly, there's an issue with regard to whether or not the emergency clause requires a separate vote. You know, they say, well, separate is mean we can vote at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's in the direct democracy. That's where that comes from is because, you know, you have 90 days to do a referendum. Um, And so, Yes. Um, the purpose of emergency clause, if it is a true emergency, um, then you want to be able to, for it to go into effect immediately. Uh, but if it's not, then it goes into effect 90 days, sine die. Um, so, yeah. I may, but you can challenge the, the, what they consider to be an emergency, if it's a real legitimate emergency or not. I think they abuse it a lot. Yes. <laughs> and so if it did, so if they use the emergency clause and they say, hey, it's a legitimate emergency mm-hmm. and everybody agrees and it goes into effect – do the people still get to vote on it? Yes, sir. Okay, that's yes, what I want to clarify. I mean, if yeah, that, but it's going to be delayed before delayed. the people right. do get to yeah. vote on it. Yeah, nine tenths. I mean, if they, if nine tenths of our general assembly agree on something, it probably does need to right. be addressed right. in some manner. You right. know. Um. Let's see what else it does. It does put the teeth in there. It's a thousand up to a thousand dollar or thousand at least a thousand dollar civil penalty um and for not uh, for not for an individual giving who does the information that. out that and, should come out and the same civil penalty would apply to people who violate the public meetings as well hey david before before the 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 assistant clerk in the crittenden county courthouse gets all nervous mm-hmm. the the finding everything is not going to apply to just a simple mistake or something it's no yeah because mistakes happen yeah it's it's a knowing violation yes. it's not necessarily you know, criminal intentional, but you know, some of them probably criminally intentionally. But so it's not quite a you know. Uh, oops, I made a mistake. It's yeah. not gonna. We don't want to punish people for making honest mistakes. By the way, is there anything in this to punish people who use FOIA as a methodology to try to punish government? No. Okay. See, yeah, I got problems with the people that are out there. They want ten thousand pages of material and they never use it. Yeah. See that that. That's ridiculous as well. Yeah, and, and, you know, and there are, I know, I'm aware of this, there are a lot of 
companies that exist outside of the state of Arkansas that just mine our data, public information data. And, you know, you have to be an Arkansas citizen. resident citizen yeah. to, to actually do the freedom of information. So they actually pay people in Arkansas to do that. So, you know, how do you – we talked about this, but is how do you, you know, prohibit that without – Without infringing somebody upon else's somebody else's rights. Yeah, I mean, you know, like yeah. – Y'all talk a lot about gun control. How do you yeah. protect but not infringe? Yeah. You know, so the, yeah, that was the hard. So we just kind of left that out. And I and, and and I think that that a lot of the people that are anti for you, not Dave, but I mean, in the, the government people that are anti for you, constantly quote that. But I've been doing this a long time, and I really don't see that as a is a big issue. Do you have some people that will abuse the for you? Yes. Have they abused? And we know people who yeah, have abused. Yeah, I'll they say They do it yeah. just to be yeah. a pain in the ass. That's yeah, exactly right, what they right, do right, it right. for. And I'll sure. say, you know, Russ Raycup's one of them. But, you know, the, but it goes back to it's not – the government would have you feel that that's an epidemic proportion, and it's not. No. It's not. But it still goes back to, hey, how, how do you do that without infringing upon my rights? I hadn't seen a language that would do that without infringing upon my rights. I can't think of it either. You know? Yeah. But it does – here's the issue with the, the governor's security. It says that uh, um, anything that is is presumed to be public it shifts the burden to the government to say that it is not public. Um, and to rebut that presumption to prevent, they have to prove that uh, uh, it's reviewed and initiated by the circuit court has to make the decision whether or not it should be kept or not. Um, and it does provide for the exceptions for minor children and their identities and things like that. We talked about that earlier today. Sure, that sure. you know, I can't go to get a police report and the minor's name is redacted. I don't and, care about and a minor's shouldn't, name. And just John Bon, yeah, yeah. John Bon Jovi used to. That's right. Yeah. yeah, Bon Jovi. That's who we want to <laughs> know. Want to know where he is. <laughs> uh, but that's it. You know, mostly it is uh, everything we discuss. It's a lot of detail in here, but. Uh, but it's out in the public. It is now, right? in the public so, realm. Yeah. Okay, and, and uh, the press release. I'm sure you. I'm sure the your Facebook page and one on one. I'm sure. I'm going to send it over to uh, uh, to Aaron, and Aaron will post it on my Facebook. Page. I'm. Gonna, I'll put it this afternoon. I'll put it on my page, and it'll be saturated. And uh, uh, real quick, mm-hmm. Arkansas Citizens for Transparency. Tell about the Facebook group that folks can go to. Um, yes. Too bad really Nate's cool. on here. Nate's been doing that. But, yes, uh, um, we have a Facebook page, Arkansas Citizens for Transparency. You can become a member of it. Um, you're a moderator of it. Yes. Uh, yeah. So you probably know how to do that better <laughs> than I do. You know, I'm kind of computer illiterate. Uh, we, we would love to have people on there. Sure. Um, we, we just ask that we keep the topics about a mimic. We don't want any political attacks or different subjects. We, we will just delete have, you off. <laughs> yes, we just wanted. We just want this about the amendment. True, and, and uh, keep it like that. So. And I'm sure that's posted on that page. And I, th- I think that we are really close to getting the website up and running pretty soon. I think I think it's up, but, but there's going to be a lot more details coming. That's on. true. Yeah, it's kind of a so, holding pattern right now. And uh, oh, and uh, uh, Nate just texted me. He's still listening. Uh, <laughs> that it that the. The language is now on the Arkansas Citizens for Transparency uh, Facebook page, page. and uh, it's titled Act. So you guys, if you want to see it, it's on that page right now. Go join the page. All right. All right. So we're going to get it out there so you can read it and then comment on it as well on our Facebook pages and whatnot. And uh, this will be not the last time that David Couch will be here, I'll tell you that, or Nate Bell. We'll have them back on from time to time. And then every Friday, 
you know, we've got uh, uh, Robert Steinbach, and, uh, you know, he's not quiet about FOIA. No, Robert's never quiet about anything. <laughs> no, we'll have he's on, on the committee. Talk. I tell him everything yeah, you want to hear. Yeah. Talk about, yeah. uh, about that as well. She's been mistreated. And uh, last week, last Wednesday, we found out that the, the woman who had made these uh, lies – public got students to perjure themselves uh to the school board and whatnot uh, had been called out and they put her on uh with pay uh set set her aside uh what's the latest on all of this i mean we should be getting close to this big meeting that you talked about right we're we're a step closer uh monday Tan and I uh, met with the superintendent, Greg Pulowski, and really not to our surprise, we anticipated, but they tried to blindside us by having the not only him but the deputy superintendent in the meeting and the district's attorney from Beckett Billings Lane Keys, one of their partners, Cody Keys. Now, we had pushed for this meeting. Let me step back and say that for quite a while, we have reached out to the superintendent through emails that he never responded to. We had asked to meet with him concerning the matter sometime back to see about getting resolution. And he responded that there was no action taken in the Title IX investigation, therefore the matter is closed. And basically that was a way of just shutting the door in tan's face right we replied back are you you know you you have an open door policy are you refusing to meet with us which he never replied to the reason we were able to finally meet with him is because we pushed the issue through law we uh tan filed a grievance which by state law she can do and so you go through a process, and that's where you originally meet with the immediate supervisor, which was the high school principal, Dr. St. Louis. We did that for what's called an informal meeting, which, of course, we knew was going nowhere. So we advanced it to what's called a level one, and that's where we formally sat down with the high school principal, to which we knew we weren't going to get anywhere uh, to resolve the matter the principal gave to us in writing something that's pretty absurd that that tan really didn't have a grievance because her process would have been to appeal the decision on the title nine right. complaint which would be absurd that tan would appeal the decision that uh, exonerated her so at that point we filed a level two which by law means that the superintendent would pretty much have to see us well and, and rightly so sure he should have saw us a long time ago because tan you you've all seen tan on the show and on facebook tan has not looked for a fight on this she has tried to resolve it without even going this process and they just refused so they put their own self in this position so it was a, a conference to present the grievance and then he can uh, respond to it but this is so, it's not funny, it's just inappropriate in that 
when we reached out to set the meeting, he wouldn't even, Pulowski, Dr. Polsky wouldn't even respond to us. He had the deputy superintendent respond to us with a Zoom meeting invite. A Zoom meeting. <laughs> this should have been a face-to-face meeting. Right. And, of course, Tan being Tan, we said, okay, that's fine. You know, but who's going to head the meeting? Because by law, he can designate someone to do it. Okay, which means he doesn't have to meet her face-to-face. Right. But when he when when the deputy superintendent came back and said that uh, with the Zoom meeting and in, in, uh, invite that she was going to do the meeting, I immediately pushed back the superintendent because the deputy superintendent comes into play. Her name is Tori Hooper, and she was part of the uh, complaint the, process. The whole mess yes. in the first place. And she herself violated federal law in that. So I pushed back to the superintendent and said, hey, that's inappropriate and unethical for us to meet with the deputy superintendent. And I gave him the reasons because she is part of this. So when we got to the Zoom meeting and the computer came up, I'd already prepped town the day before. I said, don't be shocked if there are attorneys there and it's more than him. Right. And lo and behold, it comes up and there they are. The superintendent, Pulowski, deputy superintendent, Tori Hooper, and attorney Cody Keys. That was just a blatant attempt at intimidation, and I might add, paid for by your tax dollars. Because Cody Keys didn't sit in that meeting for free. Okay. So I immediately objected to Cody being in there. And we went through the law a little bit. And and, uh, (laughs) Cody, I'd I'd quote the law and said, Cody, Mr. Keys, I don't see anywhere in... Uh, Arkansas Code sixteen seventeen two zero eight allows you to be in this meeting, and he shot back. He said, "Well, do you see anywhere where it doesn't?" Of course, how I, ridiculous! Yeah, and and I almost said and I did because I want to be professional. But I thought, you know, it doesn't say the Pope can't be in there either. But yeah, we I know. got you. And so we objected, and but we weren't going to be intimidated. Please don't forget about uh, going to mikeonline dot com. That's MikeOnline.com and making your donation towards helping uh, the Israeli people after this terrible terrorist attack that they went on uh, and that they had happen over the weekend. If you take it uh, as far as what their population is and what our population is, it would have been, it, it's like eight 9-11s. It had been about 37,000 people killed if it you'd had to deal with the same kind of population that you did it at nine eleven. So, uh, just tell you how it's been. It's just been a terrible thing for them, and they still know that there's some there's some uh, terrorists still in Israel that are ready to strike, but oh, they yeah. just don't know when and where and things of that nature. So they're they're trying to to ferret them out and uh, don't expect them to take them alive. I'm just no. going to tell you that right now. Don't think they're going to take them alive. I, um, these are true believers. They came across the border, and uh, they won't go down easily, just uh, to be honest with you. All right, so let me get back to Jimmy Cavan, who's here in the studio with us today, and I want him to talk a little further about TAN. We've been bringing you up to date, date on this and the games now that the uh, superintendent is playing. Where, where are we on this again? Game, games would be the correct analogy there. Uh, so during the beginning of this meeting, of course, I pushed back. And so I asked the superintendent, I said, what is the purpose 
of you having the deputy superintendent in this meeting, and he really he started stuttering. He said, well, she's the deputy superintendent. As I like to say, she, he sounded like a power boat tied up to the dock. Yes. But, 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 but. And so their attorney, Cody Keys, jumped in. He said, well, you know, the superintendent, by being in this, can help uh, draft a, a, here's your word, a meaningful response to Miss Howard. Does that mean <laughs> that he sends out non-meaningful letters <laughs> i guess without this deputy's help okay and i'm saying okay and uh so we're going to get a meaning to help get a meaningful response to tan from the deputy superintendent who failed to follow federal law that we have agreements against let me suggest that you'll get the same verbiage that you got from the superintendent oh i i, I have no doubt so what we did at that point is we made our objections but we're not intimidated either. So at that point, we're like, we really don't care if the attorney's in here or not. Mm-hmm. Right is on our side. And I was very proud of Tan on how she stood her ground like she has during this whole process. And so what it boiled down to, we finished the meeting. And now the superintendent has five business days to respond to us in writing. That's from yesterday? Yes. Okay. Well, actually, I guess it would start, uh, uh, yes, yesterday. It starts yesterday. And to respond to the grievance and what we've Not asked to solve it. Right. And what I anticipate will happen is we're going to get that same response as we did from the, from the principal because it's obvious. Song or dance. Yeah, it's obvious the principal, Dr. St. Louis, did not write that response. You know, that came from Beckett, Billingsley, and Keys. It's, or that's my opinion. Uh, just listening to it. But here's the interesting thing. It's throughout this process, they have not disputed any of our claims. They have not disputed the allegations we're contending. They can only say that it's not grievable because she should have gone through an appeal process on the Title IX complaint, which, as we've already established, is absurd. Because they dropped it. Right. Okay. And so... So for them, so far, they have not disputed anything because they can't. We've got the facts on our side. So I think it's real interesting that they're trying to clutch at straws to keep us from going forward. Does Tan understand that it may come down that she's going to have to sue the school board? She does, and I think she's done everything to try to avoid that. Yeah, it gives them the opportunity. She has. And, and if you go back and if you didn't listen to the show, you can go on my Facebook page because I have it posted on the last time she was on, and, and you can keep up with the post. And she is uh, she has not been vindictive in this one No, bit. no. Abs- I got to tell you, this lady uh, has been a lot more calm and a lot more cordial than I would have ever been. Yes, and... And and she is, let me tell you, she has suffered greatly. She's had a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of nervousness, anxiety. I mean, I think at one point she was kind of getting depressed, but she found her, she found her ground, and she's really came up ready to stand that ground. And so, basically, where we're at now is we anticipate the superintendent will come back with a response. It's going to be like the other one, and at that point, by law, we can appeal it to the school board to have a hearing, which uh, they won't be able to get out of. This is a public school we are going, board we can, meeting. Tan can, uh, rec- 
Tan can do, have a public hearing or a private hearing. She has already made clear she wants a public hearing. Uh, well, we, look, we know after hearing her on the air last week, she didn't do anything wrong. No. Nothing. They've, it all sits on their side of the of the bushes, so to speak, uh, with this. The the uh, Michelle Wilson Blakely, the teacher that orchestrated all this, and how the district handled it. And the district is, very frankly, just trying to cover their rear end right now. And there's, there's just not any cover for them. I mean, where, what is the school board? Well, you, you don't know. You can't, say, you can't talk for them. But they have to make up their mind what they're going to do. You have been supporting a teacher who got students to perjure themselves. All evidence, all evidence points to. It was we, all made up. Two students, two students have come out and said that in statements. Have said that in statements. That we were asked to lie. Yeah. You know, that's called perjury in legal terms. Oh, and, and, to, to, and it's not, so Tan's not just the victim here. Those students, those are vulnerable yeah, students. Been, and they, if you're a teacher in North Little Rock, I'm just telling you, you better watch your back. Yeah. This shows you. That they don't have your back over there. They do not, and it's been a problem in that district that has only exasperated since uh, since Dr. Pulowski became the superintendent. But this just amplifies it, and th- we're gonna we're gonna end up at a board hearing, which is, we're very happy to do. Tan because Tan wants to get this out in the open, and uh, it it'll be live stream. We want people to come to it. Oh, we yeah. want people to come to it, but it'll be live stream as well. And we're going to get Tan back on before we have that. Oh, program. yeah. We'll have her back on to speak to this. And uh, because they have no defense that I can see. They, no. They broke law after law after law and mistreated this woman. Well, case in point, they have not disputed any of the claims we've made. Well, what do you do when the North Little Rock Police Department does their own investigation that they didn't even tell the teacher they were doing, and they found no wrongdoing? Apparently they didn't. I'm glad you brought that up because I've been uh, uh, working with NLRPD and the city attorney at North Little Rock on documents. They cannot, and it's not them, they cannot release the investigation file or the incident report uh, on the investigation Due to privacy laws in Arkansas Code 1218-104, which goes into child maltreatment, DHS laws, and things like that. but And that's not on the North Rock PD or the city. Okay, that's just what the law is. And that's a point I want to bring up because we need to work to change that. Because how we found out about this investigation from NLRPD was from a document that I obtained which led me to go to NLRPD, Lieutenant Amy Cooper, over there's fantastic public information officer and, and great, one of the best people I've ever worked with in government on FOIA. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant Cooper's just wonderful. Uh, I looked to get the investigative reports and the incident reports, and once we found out it was designated under this, talking to Elaine, uh, Elaine over at the city attorney's office and Amy Fields, who are both good attorneys, good people, you know, they can't do it, and and I get that. It's not on them. But here's where the problem goes in. We had an, a, a police investigation into Tan Howard for alleging having sex with a student, and Tan never knew she was investigated till about two weeks ago. And, and on, this is, on top of that, 
having sex with a student at her home in her swimming pool, yeah. which she doesn't even, even have. have. Yeah. And so, so Tan never knew until about two weeks ago that the North Rock Police Department had investigated her. Now, that's where I do have a problem with the law. And that's not within LRPD or the city. Right. That's actually with state letters. So I'm going to reach out to Carlton Wing, state representative. I'm going to re- reach out to uh, some senators and go, hey, you know, we've got to change that because this woman was investigated for a, a very disturbing crime, and she never knew she was investigated. Well, it, it amazes me that one person can... Uh, basically cause all of this damage to another person and them not be able to find out the truth. No. And we still, to this day, the district has still not followed federal law and given Tan the documents that she's entitled to or even presented her with a specific allegation against her. And and trying to get out of it by saying, well, we dropped this, all right? No no foul, no blood, no foul. Uh just get on with your life again. After she's been the butt of jokes and uh, all kinds of gossip in the school system and amongst the the kids and amongst the other teachers. Well, and and Tan is fine with talking about this because she's a very strong woman, but she wants people to know that I mean the what was going around i mean the allegations of her and the entire football team well think about being a woman and having to go walk in that and having to walk, walk in that and, and endure that every day with all of this going on about you and you know it's not true you know it's all false but how but how do you fight how do you fight back yeah how do you feel when you walk down the hallways of your school and there's teachers talking to each other and they cast quick glances your way and stuff and maybe they're not talking about you but because everything is being kept secret you feel that way it actually happened because you know as we talked about before this teacher that orchestrated all this she told me of course she tried to reach out to me to go to go after tan which ended up being a big mistake on her part but she t- actually talked to me about her and other teachers that would you what you just said when Tan would walk by what they would say about her, and it just it's I mean it's just wrong on so many levels. But what Tan has been through is just I mean pure mental torture. And to her credit, she's not just wanting she's not just saying hey look at me. What she's trying to do is get things in place that will protect teachers in the future from mm-hmm. going through this right absolutely let's uh, finish up here uh for this hour next hour i want to talk a little bit more about israel uh here on the dave ellswick show that you know i've already had people text me oh we've got our problems here in the united states let me just tell you this all right what's going on in israel is affecting the united states of america and it's affecting us big time and it could affect us even more so than it is right now if uh, some bad actors think this is the perfect time to do something that would really throw things out of kilter. Well, the same people that are attacking Israel and chopping heads off of babies want to do the same thing to us. Well, yeah, absolutely they do. They're our enemy. Yes, they are. They absolutely are. I mean, let's let's you got 
this going on. You've got Russia and Ukraine going on. And we've got China out there that has made no qualms about saying that they want to take Taiwan. What makes you think they won't think this is not the best time to do that while there's all this other stuff going on? Well, and it's a, you know, I've said it for a long time. The the opportunity for these evil factions is now before the election because if God willing, we get somebody. We, we get somebody other than Biden, and we hope that they're going to be a lot stronger yes. than what Biden has been. Look, let, let's be honest. Afghanistan emboldened these people over in the Middle East. Sure it did. Uh, the way that the Biden administration has been handling Iran has emboldened these people over in the Middle East. Uh, and with that said, I don't need to say any more. Well, and, that's and, why we got what we got right now. And Biden emboldened Putin. I mean, look at it this way: Does anybody think that Putin would have been uh, invaded like that if Donald Trump was still president? No, probably not. If any Republican had been president, no, to be honest say, with you. But he went into Ukraine because of Joe Biden's weakness. He yep. would have never done that. Let's just say he would have never done that if you had a strong president. I, yeah. Who who said to you, as Lindsey Graham, as you heard Senator yeah. Lindsey Graham talk about it at the end of last hour, talking about this, and said, you know, you hurt one of our our people that you took and kidnapped, and we'll take out your oil refineries. I mean, that's a legitimate uh statement that's why that aircraft carrier is sitting out over there those planes they can reach around without any problem and when we say take out your oil refiners we're not talking about just disable them for a month no we're no, talking about them level them yes you know you got to start over. Do yeah that's exactly right i'm going to warn you right now right now everybody is all behind israel as this goes on, you're going to hear people start crying out about what they're doing to Gaza. And the people of Gaza have made their own bed. They have made their own bed on this. They have allowed terrorists to take over their, their area there. Do you realize that is only an area that's 25 miles long? That's, that's if, you, if you got on out here on 640 and got out on 30, by the time you got down to Benton, you've gone about the length of Gaza. Yeah. And Netanyahu, he made clear, he said, look, if you're not part of Hamas, you better get out of there. Yeah, you might, you might want to go somewhere. Yeah. You know? mean, he, gave, he gave plenty of warning. I'm, what's happening right now is, is kind of like what happened at the end of World War II. We got ready to drop a bomb. That was going to be the bomb of all bombs, and we drop leaflets over the uh, Japanese countryside and across uh, Hiroshima or Hiroshima, whichever way you want to pronounce it, and Nagasaki, saying that their government needed to, uh, you know, to uh, give up, or we were going to drop a bomb that was going to light them up. Yeah, and then we did. Yeah. So uh, they're they're telling, they're warning. I think before they do a lot of their bombings, 
it's kind of it's kind of like they do for when they're going to have uh, patrol cars out in certain areas. They say, now we're going to be on this street watching for speeders. And if you go out and speed down that street, it's on you at that point you. because you know there's going to be there. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.